Welcome back, everybody, to this special online bonus segment. We call it Lively Extra when 30 minutes is just not enough. Let's reset our year in review panel. We have Ian Donis and Maureen Moakley and Wendy Schiller and Dave Lehman. A couple of topics we didn't get to. Ian, let me start with you. Unsung heroes. We added this this year just because there was so much going on that, uh, that we didn't see under the public's radar. Do you have any unsung heroes for 2021? I sure do, Jim. My unsung heroes are the elections officials across the U.S. in states like Georgia and elsewhere. Some are Republicans, some are Democrats, but they did their jobs properly. They faced pressure. They faced death threats, which is really awful, but they... They upheld the rule of law and they helped to get the election done. So they deserve credit for upholding the principles of small d democracy in a difficult year. Yeah, that's an excellent one. Wendy, what do you have? Any unsung heroes? Yeah, uh, parallel to that, I would say the poll workers and the vote counters uh, in Rhode Island and elsewhere uh, and and the postal service. I mean, just the idea of having to deal with, you know, 60 or 70 million, 80 million, I think, uh, mail-in ballots across the country. And there were concerns it couldn't get done, things wouldn't arrive, and everything worked out perfectly fine. And that's because of the Postal Service and because of those people who sat in a room and counted votes over and over and over again. And also, and Wendy, also having to do it when your boss on the orders of the guy in the White House is telling you not to. And I heard those stories about they were going back on their own time. They were doing whatever it took to get the job done. Yeah, there was no question about it. They withstood a lot of political interference, although DeJoy, the postmaster general, he backed off finally in September when he was subpoenaed to Congress and he realized (laughs) how much trouble he could get in for circumventing the fundamental mission of the post office, which, as everybody knows, is the first actual federal agency. The first federal service is the post office. So Benjamin Franklin, postmaster general. So when you think about that, you have to think to yourself, uh, this is a phenomenal, long-standing tradition in America that we trust and that we can now continue to trust moving forward. Dave, what do you have? Any unsung heroes? Yeah, I do. I have a couple, if I can mention briefly. I I think uh, a lot of what we have known about the Trump administration, we would not have known had it not been for the aggressive reporting of the uh, Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, some of the cable news outlets as well. I think uh, they have been a major force in in, uh, essentially trying to set the truth straight in America. And that was, of course, one of the topics we talked about on, our, on the uh, on Lively this week. So I think the reporting has just been absolutely essential. That almost goes back to the, uh, the Woodward and Bernstein times when they were out there saying something that people didn't quite believe that they, they were onto it. They turned out to be right. And I think that was true with the reporting here. Also, another unsung hero who's probably not really unsung Uh, Dr. Ajish Jha at uh, Brown University, he's the dean of the uh, School of Public Health. Uh, He is just about everywhere. Uh, Brown University, I'll tell you what, it was was a bit of a coincidence for them, serendipity. They hired him at the right time. He's uh, everywhere. He brings great credit to the arguments about protecting ourselves from the virus. He's knowledgeable on, on the pandemic. Uh, he is a very approachable guy. Uh, he came to Brown in September. And uh, as I said, it was fortuitous because he brings great credit to Brown University. And he also comes across as just a terrific, terrific individual. And he's holding down so many different slots. And yet, 
you know, Brown hired him long before, not long before, but before the pandemic became the pandemic. And so it turned out to be very fortuitous that he joined Brown University. He's had a great impact on the, on the national dialogue. So my hat is off to him and off to Brown University for a great choice that turned out to be a spectacular choice. That is a good one. Maureen, what do you have for unsung heroes? Okay, I have a, just of a general one and talking about day-to-day people. We think about mothers and fathers with young children in confined spaces and teachers trying to teach them and navigate whether they're going to be distance learning or they're coming in. I think they are unsung heroes because I can't even imagine managing this and trying to work and trying to work from home and managing these, managing these children and trying to help with their education, as well as what's going on in terms of teachers not knowing when to come in, when not to come in, being careful and, and fearful of getting, getting infected. So those are, I think, unsung heroes. The other ones I want to mention, I think it's really important, is the members of the federal judiciary. We talked earlier about how Donald Trump has done all sorts of things to try to disrupt this election, discredit it, and stir up a lot of uh, opposition to a legally safe election. And were it not for members of the federal judiciary who to the person stood up, Democrat and Republican, and refused to acknowledge the frivolous lawsuits that the administration put out, can you think of what it would have happened if some of these federal, uh, federal uh, appeals courts, for example, bought into some of this and raised this spectrum? It would have been really chaotic. So they are the unsung heroes, Democrats and Republicans, who really dismissed this frivolous kind of disruptive action on the Trump administration and really, I think, moved us along to accept where we're going in the new administration. Okay, we have one more topic to go to. Uh, One of my favorites, people to watch in 2021. Wendy, do you have any uh, person or people to watch? Locally, I'm looking at Sabina Matos, uh, the um, president of the Providence City Council. I think uh, she may throw her hat into the ring for mayor. It's unclear, but I've watched her career for a long time. And I I think I'm really looking at her as um, somebody who's going to lead, at least in Providence. And so that's one of the people I'm watching. And then, of course, I'm looking ahead, as I'm sure we all are, to the governor's race, particularly on the Democratic side. Uh, There's a lot of people in Rhode Island who are in position to launch a campaign. And I think we're going to have a very contested governor's race that's going to start you know, probably this summer, once we get through, hopefully, the bulk of the pandemic issues, I think we're going to see those people emerge. And that's going to be something to watch. Yeah, that really will. Dave, what are you, uh, people or person to watch in 2021? Uh, no question about it to me. It's Joe Shikarchi, uh, who, will, who is going to be rising, I think, from uh, the, the majority leader in the House to the most powerful position in the state, the House Speakership. I spoke with him for about a half an hour, 45 minutes the other day in preparation for this. Uh, he has a different style from Nick Mattiello. Uh, uh, Nick is a hardworking guy, uh, no question about it. He's, but he's a, a, pretty, a pretty direct guy, uh, maybe not as collaborative as Nick uh, is or, and will be. Uh, 
Nick has a great relationship with Gina Raimondo. He managed her campaign for the treasurer's office back in uh, 2010, I think. Uh, he's, uh, he, by the way, he had told me without any reservation, he will not be running for governor. There had been talk that he was going to be doing that or was considering. He said he basically, his political uh, career has essentially stopped. Of course, that's, that's not really true when you're Speaker of the House. <laughs> Politics are always there. But uh, I think he's he's going to be more collaborative. He's, he said that uh, Nick uh, Mattiello has institutional knowledge that he will never possess, and he acknowledged that, and he is going to have his uh, he's going to have a new leadership team in place, and uh, he's going to expect them to really work hard. And if they're not ready to work hard, they won't be in that position very long. But he's, uh, I think he's very inclusive and very collaborative, maybe in some ways that Nick Mattiello wasn't. But I think he's going to be somebody who's going to be very fascinating to watch. He may be the right person at the right time in a really bad situation, given the budget. Yeah, I agree. That's a great observation. Maureen, any people to watch for you? Uh, that was mine, Joe Shikarchi. I think he has tremendous possibilities. Everything, a second, everything that Dave said. I think he's open. I think he has a wonderful way of dealing with dissidents. He said he's going to bring them in. There's going to be conversations. There'll be disagreements on the margin. But between him and Chris Blazajewski, who's second in the House, I really think there's going to be a transformation in terms of accepting people, being transparent, working with the governor, and getting through this very, very difficult time that we're gonna have next year with the budget and some other things. So he would be my person to watch. The other one, uh, it's interesting, Nancy, you talked about Sabina Matos. Um, Gonzalo Cuervo just put his hat in the ring to run. And it's interesting because I know him, he did work for me, he, we worked together on a Dominican Republic uh, plan and trip with students. He was very helpful in doing that. So it's gonna be really interesting to see in the race for mayor, how these two, uh, how these two people work it out in relation to also uh, Brett Smiley. In other words, there's going to be an, there's going to be boatloads of people running for general offices for the governorship, as well as several people running for governor. And it'll be interesting to see how these coalitions. It's going to be a very lively year for sure. Great, Ian. You're batting cleanup on our final topic. Who are your people to watch or person to watch in 2021? Well, in addition to Joe Shikarchi, for the obvious reasons, uh, his majority leader, Chris Blasichewski, who has a good story to tell as someone who came up from modest middle-class roots in Cumberland, went on to Harvard and Harvard Law, and now it remains on track to potentially succeed Shikarchi one day as the next speaker. He's an affable guy. He was on the outs when he during a 2014 leadership fight, but now he is back at the the pinnacle of power. In Providence, someone to watch is Nerva LaFortune, the Ward 3 city councilor. She is exploring a potential run for mayor as a Haitian American who lives on the east side. She, on paper, has the ability to draw across the city in terms of votes and could be a disruptive force with people like Brett Smiley, Sabina Matos, and Gonzalo Cuervo running for mayor. The question is whether one or more of those is able to convince her to get out of the race. And of course, as Maureen said, we'll have a very, uh, or maybe it was Wendy who said it, we will have the early stage of a very active gubernatorial race and the people to watch include General Treasurer Seth Magaziner and Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, who are both expected to run on the Democratic side. Yeah, I'm not sure who'd want to be mayor of Providence these days, but that's a whole nother discussion. There seem to be a lot of people under it. Folks, 
That is a wrap for 2020. We didn't. Uh, we ended a lot differently than the way we began for all of us. We hope to be back in the studio at some point, but fortunately we have the technology to be able to do this. So again, thank you for joining us, Ian and Maureen and Wendy and Dave. It's an all-star panel. Thank you. Everybody have a great year and we'll see you back here in January. Thank you.